afternoon or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. such an honor to be here at Life Church with each one of y'all this morning to be here with Pastor and Sister O'Donnell, men that we count them great friends, such beautiful pastors you have, church, such beautiful hearts that they have. Lord bless them greatly. Men, we do count it an honor to call them our friends to be able to be here with y'all today. I know that the Lord has something great in store for us. And also, Lord bless us to Shauna, our good friend. McFarland's, her parents have been good friends of our family since we were missionaries uh, for many, many years. And uh, we love them also. If we could go to the word of the Lord, let's go to Acts chapter 8. What a great ladies' conference we had this weekend. Amen. Such a powerful time in the Lord. Those of you who were able to be there, Sister O'Donnell did such a great job. Yesterday when she spoke, I mean, she just got up there, such power. Um, I kept taking notes. I wanted to video her, but I wanted to write down notes too. So I didn't know which one to do. I was taking turns. But she brought such a great word from the Lord. And she's such a powerful speaker. Y'all are blessed. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Reading from the New Living Translation of the Word of the Lord, it says this way. And on that day, a great persecution arose against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the multitudes with one accord gave heed to what was said by Philip. When they heard him and saw the signs which he did for unclean spirits came out of many who were possessed crying with a loud voice and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed so there was much joy in that city now i like to preach for a few moments with the title such were some of them if we could put our bibles to one side if we could pray we can ask the Lord to be with us in this service. I feel that God wants to do something great in this place. Let's lose the gift of faith, knowing that where there's faith, absolutely anything can happen in the house of the Lord. Let's lose miracles, signs, and wonders, because I believe that God is going to do miracles in the lives of many of us that are here. In the precious name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you even now, God, that you begin to do great and mighty works. I ask that you open our minds so that we can understand your word, that you open our hearts so that we might be able to receive it. We lose a gift of faith, God, knowing that where there's faith, absolutely anything can happen. Lord, we ask you that you begin 
begin to do miraculous works amongst your people, miracle signs and wonders, that your angels begin to walk amongst us and minister, Lord. We're trusting and we're believing in you, God, that when we leave this place, it will be evident that you were amongst us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. On January 9th, 1985, Pastor Risto Kulichev, a pastor in Bulgaria, was arrested and put in prison. His crime was that he preached in his church even though the state had appointed another man, the pastor whom the congregation had not elected. His trial was a mockery of justice. He was sentenced to eight months imprisonment. During his time in prison, he made Christ known every way that he possibly could. When he got out, he wrote the following statement. Both prisoners and jailers asked many questions, and it turned out that we had a more fruitful ministry than we could have expected if we would have pastored the church. God was better served by our presence in prison than if we would have been free. There are thousands of stories like this to tell today and even more over the centuries of Christian history. The lesson comes true again and again. God uses crisis situations. He uses persecution. He uses suffering of his people to spread the truth of his name and to bless the world. I want to encourage you this morning, my friends. God rules over the sufferings of the church. He causes the same suffering to spread spiritual power and the joy of faith in a lost world it's not his only way but it seems to be a frequent way that he uses God spurs the church into missionary service by the suffering that she endures we must not judge too quickly the apparent setbacks and what seems to be tactical defeats of the church if you would be able to see things with the eyes of God who is the master strategist who cannot lose because he is omnipotent. What we would see is that every setback is a positioning for a greater advance and a greater display of his power, of his might, for miracles, signs, and wonders, and unprecedented revival to occur for his church. You see, God makes every crisis moment serve the Great Commission. The definition of the word church is belonging to the Lord. And I'm not talking about this beautiful building that we're in today. We have learned throughout these past two years that the church is not a building. I'm talking about you and I. You and I are the church. In fact, why don't you say with me, I am the church. You see, we belong to the Lord. And if the church is a group of people that belongs to the Lord, there is no power that can destroy the church. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 16 and 18, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. 
Nehemiah reminded his fellow wall builders in Nehemiah 4 and 14, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Gamaliel advised the Jewish council in Acts 5, 38 and 39, if this plan or action should be of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them or else you will may even be found fighting against God. And then Paul encourages believers in his letter to the Romans. If God is for us, who can be against us? What I'm trying to say this morning, my friends, is this, that if we are the church of the living God, it doesn't matter what happens outside in this world. God is always standing by us. He was always standing for us he is always surrounding us it doesn't matter what it looks like right now if we are his church he is always for us in fact Romans chapter 8 verse 31 38 and 39 says for I am convinced you see we have got to be convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from our God. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it was created. That's what the the word says there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God we must stand firm and continue to proclaim the gospel we must keep in prayer and depend on the Lord's power not on my power not on your own power but on God's power we must depend on him and not on the circumstances that might surround us we must be prepared with our spiritual armor for Ephesians 6 and 12 says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the powers against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness and the heavenly places in fact, friends, the church will stand no matter what. Let me say that one more time. The church will stand no matter what. The church will stand no matter what. Whatever sickness, whatever illness, whatever disease, whatever pandemic, whatever war, whatever rumor of war, lean times, times of stress and duress, during times of depression and oppression, during times of uncertainty, my God never changes. He continues to be the same God that he has always been. He continues to be all powerful, all saving, all healing. And there is absolutely nothing that is impossible for him. Church of the living God, we do not change. We have still been bought and washed by his blood. We have still been sanctified by his spirit. We have still been filled with his power. And we are, when we are filled with his power, we have access to absolutely anything if we can only believe. In fact, let's go back to that fateful day where everything changed for the book of Acts Church. 
I read on that day, the day of Stephen's murder, a great persecution arose against that church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Up until now in the book of Acts, all the ministry that we have read about has taken place only in the city of Jerusalem. No one had moved out to Judea and Samaria. But does anyone remember what Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says? It said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem. It didn't stop there. It continued saying, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, Acts 1 and 8 uses exactly those two unreached areas in that order. The word says that they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria. So whether the church would have awakened to her calling eventually without a crisis moment, the fact is that God used that moment to move his people into the mission that he had given to them to confirm this. Let's look at Acts chapter 11, verse 19. The word says, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to none except the Jews. But in Antioch, some spoke to Greeks also. In other words, the crisis not only sent the church to Judea and Samaria, but also beyond to the Gentiles. And I think that there's a tremendous lesson for us here. The lesson is not just that God is sovereign and turns setbacks to triumphs. The lesson is that comfort and ease and affluence and prosperity and safety and freedom often cause a tremendous inertia in the church. But Sister Marcus, what's inertia? Inertia is the tendency of something that is standing still to stay standing still. And possibly something moving to keep moving. You see, we cannot become stagnant living in the past and not in today looking towards the future in order to get to where God wants to take us to. We have got to continue to move. Verse four of our text states that the people of God were scattered, persecuted Christians, Christians in crisis, and they preached the word wherever they went. They didn't go into hiding. They didn't silence their mouths. Everywhere that they were scattered, they continued to preach the word of God. They announced the very word that brought persecution as good news. Verse 8 confirms that it was good news because it says that there was 
much joy in the city of Samaria when Philip began to preach. Why was there joy? Verse 7 says, because unclean spirits begin to leave, making them whole and making them pure. It says that many that were paralyzed and many that were lame were being healed. But the main reason that there was joy, we read in verse 5, Philip went down to a city of Samaria. And he began to proclaim to them the Christ. You see, Jesus alone has the power to deliver from Satan and all his evil. Jesus alone has the power to heal our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. He alone has the right and the power to forgive us of all of our sins. But God makes times of crisis serve the unstoppable mission of the church, our mission, our ministry. When the world around us seems to be in chaos, it provides us more opportunities to witness. If we remember Samaria and we remember Jesus, when he was walking down the road to Samaria, the word says that he stopped at the well. And when he stopped at the well, the Samaritan woman came. When she came, the disciples didn't really want to have anything to do with her. But Jesus asked her, can you give me something to drink? When Jesus asked her to give him something to drink, she was surprised. He began to talk to her. She went back and for the first time, the Samaritans heard that there was hope for them. Jesus used a woman who had been with many men because he called her out because that's what Jesus does. He doesn't leave us in our sin. He said, yeah, you're right. You can go on. You can go on with the man because he's not your husband. You've already been with all of these men and the one you're with. He's not your husband either, but go on and go tell him who I am. Nobody wanted to go to Samaria. Every time I think about Philip, he makes me laugh. Because he was just waiting for his opportunity. I can imagine nobody else wanted to go to Samaria. They were being scattered abroad. They were going to Cyprus and Phoenicia. And Philip, because if you continue reading through Acts chapter 8, is one of my favorite chapters of the book of Acts. Because we see Philip, I can imagine they're saying, okay, you go here, you go there, you go there. Samaria. Anybody? Someone want to go to Samaria? And Philip's like, this is my shot. Nobody else wants to go. I'm going. I'll go. How do we know this? Because the word says in Acts chapter 8 that when Philip, when he began to preach, and like so many of us that come into the church, we really don't know what we're doing when we first start. But we begin to tell everybody about what God has done for us. We begin to talk about Jesus. And we bring them on over. And then they receive. But if we read Acts chapter 8. When it was time for them to be baptized. The apostles had to come in. Philip couldn't do it. If you continue reading on. When they saw that something was happening in Samaria, 
The apostles came in. Oh, they're having a revival there. Let's go see what's going on. That Philip must be doing something. And we go from an unlearned man to seeing him walking into the desert because the spirit of the Lord spoke to him and said, there's someone that needs to hear. Walking down the desert and there we see the Ethiopian eunuch. And he says to him, do you know what you're reading? And that part always just kind of makes me think, why didn't he ask him, what are you doing here in the desert? <laughs> what he asked is, how will I know unless somebody explains it to me? And Philip says, well, that's why I'm here. He says, come on into my buggy. And he begins to explain to him who Jesus is. You see, we go from an unlearned man who really didn't know anything at all to speaking to the treasure of the queen of Ethiopia. Because that's what God does with a willing heart. He takes us from being nobody to presenting us to the greatest of people when we really are the church. In the book of Acts, witnessing was always public. The Holy Spirit had come and the disciples were filled with power. They were filled with a burning zeal to preach the gospel. Thousands had been saved up until this point. The people were filled with awe. The disciples were praising God and finding favor with all the people. In fact, Acts chapter 2 verse 41, 42, 47 says many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. The persecution of the church in the beginning of church history took the church to the uttermost parts of the world. The church began in Jerusalem, but it did not remain confined there. The initial persecution in chapters 4 through 7 took the church from Jerusalem to Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the world. Not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And that's why we have access to the kingdom of God. And then the word says in Acts 17, 19 through 21, but there were some of them. Men of Cyprus and Cyrene who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And such are some of us, friends. Such are some of us. We come into the house of God. We're really no one. We don't have the greatest of backgrounds. We've just been called by God. We hear his voice. We hear the knock that he knocks on our door. The door of our heart. We don't know what we're responding to. But there's a hunger in our hearts that just will not leave us alone. We continue to search and to look. And it doesn't matter what happens in our lives. It doesn't matter what we go through. It doesn't matter what we suffer. It doesn't matter what's happening in our lives. We continue searching until finally we come into the presence of Jesus and when we come into his presence and we feel his power and worship begins to go up we really might not understand what's going on but all of a sudden we raise our hands and he changes our lives forever 
crisis was making the church truly a missionary church rather than being by design the first missionary work was the byproduct of a crisis the church reached beyond palestine proper and beyond judaism and preached the gospel to the samaritans to the ethiopian eunuch and then to cornelius and his friends these were the steps toward the wide inclusion of gentiles especially marked by the labors of believers who traveled far and wide as the church moved out from the confines of jerusalem it finally began to fulfill the great commission the enemy sought to destroy the church but persecution only led to wider and fuller proclamation of the gospel. Sister Jessica, what are you trying to get at? Now, Pastor O'Donnell said that I travel almost every week. I have been traveling every week since the pandemic lifted in the United States. As soon as they said you could travel, I started traveling. Now, those of you who were at the conference, y'all know I said I had been sick last year, yes. I had a heart attack in April. In September, I had my eighth massive stroke. In November, my husband and I were both hospitalized. I should have died three times last year. In May of this year, I was in the hospital again for another five days. One would think that you would stay at home and just say, thank God I'm still alive. But when there's something that is burning within you. You see, I come into churches when Sister O'Donnell called and asked me to come to Canada. And then we had to do everything we have to do as Americans to get into Canada. My husband asked me, are you sure, Jess, that you want to go to Canada? After we got almost all the way through and we thought we were done and we had to keep going. He asked me again, are you sure? that you want to go to Canada. I told him, honey, if God has asked me to go to Canada, I am going to go to Canada because there is one thing that I have learned through this past year. Yes, we couldn't travel anymore because this is what I did. The crazy people who didn't cancel me, I canceled them because I am not crazy. I knew that during the pandemic, it was a time to sit still. I sat still in my home, but God created the internet for a reason. I traveled into more countries than I have traveled my entire life preaching the gospel. We have seen God do such extraordinary miracles. And I said one scripture during conference, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Now we might look at ourselves like church. We may have seen everything that's happened, but I am sure pastor and sister O'Donnell that through the internet, you have contacted more people and more people have come into the church. And it's just the beginning because when crisis moments happen in our lives, we can choose one of two things. We can pack up, sit down, close the doors and say it's just not worth it or we can become the church and we can stand and we can proclaim the gospel and we can see miracles signs and wonders like we have never seen them happen before the repeated refrain in the book of acts 
was this. And it said it in Acts chapter 6 verse 7. And I'm going to repeat it so that you can know how many times it was repeated. Acts chapter 6 verse 7. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. Acts chapter 12 verse 24. Acts chapter 16 verse 5. Acts chapter 19 verse 20. Acts chapter 28 verse 31 said the very same thing. And the word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase over and over and over and over and over again and the word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase and the word of God kept on spreading and the number of the disciples continued to increase life church God is asking you today yes receive your miracle yes receive your healing yes receive what you need from God but he wants for you to stand and be the church because the gospel needs to continue spreading and the number of disciples needs to continue to increase there is no nation on the face of this earth where the gospel has not been reached nothing can stop the progress of the church let me say that one more time nothing can stop the progress of the church what we're going through is nothing new it has already happened before and it will probably happen again until the coming of the Lord the enemy will try to do everything that he can to place fear in the hearts of humankind but we cannot allow fear to dominate us we must understand one more time that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world never has our church been more free never has it been more stronger never has it been more flourishing never have we seen such extensive growth than in days of persecution and crisis it's during these times that Saul's became Paul's where sorcerers were baptized in the name of Jesus where everyday ordinary run-of-the-mill Christians shook their world upside down for the cause of Christ what will he do through us what will he do through us can you imagine one more time Philip giving his report to the apostles <laughs> the word says in verse 14 of chapter 8 now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent Peter and John. Now, Peter and John were the dynamic duo. They're the ones that said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, stand up and walk. Who's Philip again? Peter and John, I think it's about time for you to go see what's happening over there. Who, when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because I mixed it up there Philip had baptized them but they hadn't received the Holy Ghost because he didn't have that kind of power by himself for as yet he had fallen upon none of them they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit and then as we continue reading, Philip did all of this. And I kind of paraphrased a moment as I was talking a minute ago. But I'd like to go to verse 26 because we see an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and told him to go where he needed to go. 
In verse 29, we go from an angel talking to him. Where it says, in the spirit, said to Philip. Because Philip kept growing in his walk with God. And then verse 30 tells us how he went and did what he needed to do. And as we continue on, verse 36 says, now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And if you read through it, Philip never told him that he needed to be baptized. It just says that he spoke to him everything concerning Jesus. But when you talk about Jesus in there is baptism. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you can be baptized. And he said, oh, I believe. So they stopped the chariot. Philip and the eunuch went down into water. And Philip baptized him. And this is a cool part. Because verse 39 says, now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So that the eunuch saw him no more. Can you imagine? The guy who went to the town nobody wanted to go to. Went from being that guy. Such were some of us. To baptizing the guy who worked for the queen. And all of a sudden just poof. Disappearing. Can you imagine how Philip felt? I would have been like, whoa. Check me out, Peter and John. Y'all never poofed anywhere. Because verse 40 says, you know, the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. And verse 40 says, but Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities. He came to Caesarea. And such were some of us. When we do things that no one else wants to do. When we step out of ordinary, mundane, monotonous, everyday occurrences. When we say, I want to just dig in deeper with my walk. I want to be closer to God. You, you know what I do when, when something unexpected comes into my life? I, I, I don't go running anymore. I used to go running to my bishop. I used to go running to my mentor, to my husband. When something unexpected happens, that kind of shakes me. You know what I do now? I go to my knees. And I pray and I seek him because when I do that, my God, he can change everything in a moment. My God, he already knew before I knew. He already had every scene prepared. He already said, you know what? I'm going to use this for my glory. Just step back and watch what I do. Because when I step in, nobody's going to be able to question me. And when I do what I do, I'm going to do it in such a way that I will be glorified. Miracles will fall. People's lives will be changed. 
and they will be used forevermore. And you see, you had no idea, Life Church, that God was already preparing the scene today in this place. He already knew who was going to be here. Everything that the enemy tried to stop, God said, oh yeah, let me show you what I'm about to do. I was praying over in the office. I said, God, I just want you to show off today. I want you to show off in such a way that everybody's going to be able to say, look at what happened Sunday morning. Will you just pour out your spirit? Will you just change lives will you just let miracles happen will you just touch lives and hearts and minds and spirits could there possibly be a Philip in this place today would we stand to our feet would you raise your hands throughout the building I said that angels are ministering throughout the place and I know that they are some of you have very specific needs and I want for you to know that God is going to take care of it even now he is going to take care of your need. Some of you need specific healing in your body. I want for you to know that he is going to heal even now. It's not going to take time. It's going to happen now. Some of you have been praying and asking the Lord to take you to places that you've never been at in the spirit. You want to draw closer to God. I want for you to know that he is extending his hand and saying, if you want to walk with me, all you gotta do is take my hand because I'll take you places that you have never walked to before and I'll use you in ways that you have never even thought could be imaginable God is ready to do a work in your life will you raise your hands there in the name of Jesus show your that's it my friends receive what you need from God receive what you need from the Lord his presence is here it is tangible you can feel it you can feel his spirit receive what you need from god Oh God, I ask you, Lord, that you do the work. I know that you're already walking through this place. I ask you, Jesus, that you do what you said that you would do. We will not fail to give you the glory. We will not fail to give you the honor. We will not fail to give you the praise. It will be a testament, God, to your power and your might. I ask you, Jesus, let it be done. Let it be done.
Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.